Hey, everybody, and welcome to the PayCLT Payments Hub podcast. I'm your host, Scott Harkey, and this is the podcast that takes a deep dive on topics from our PayCLT speaker series and adds in additional industry perspectives to explore the topic further. Hey, everybody, we are excited today to have Sushil Prabhu. Sushil is a veteran in the space, been a technology leader for the last 30 years or so, uh, and had quite an interesting background, spent a long time as the CEO of a company called OpenCrowd, and is now the CEO of Drop, which is what we're going to talk about today. Sushil, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. We would love to discuss this has been a topic, a very favorite topic of ours for the last couple of years. So would love to. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we'll dive right in. I, I know you guys have been been doing quite a bit of work in the space. And the, the topic of the day is really looking at pay by bank and, and thinking about um, why is now the time for pay by bank? If I had to summarize the theme here today, right, it, it's looking at that kind of more broadly. So. I guess a, a good starting point to just anchor people to your your perspective and kind of where you come from. Maybe tell everybody a little bit about about you uh, and just kind of how you how you found yourself to this conversation, right? How did you end up the CEO of a payments company? And maybe give us a little bit of your journey. Absolutely. So about fifteen years back, seventeen years back, we started a company called Open Crowd, where we were uh, we continue to help a lot of fintech companies, investment banks, banks uh, innovate and build products. Uh, in the last five years, we focused a lot on building and helping uh, companies, fintech companies, uh, with uh, blockchain applications and especially, specifically, distributed ledger uh, technology. And one of the companies we worked with is called Hardera, uh, which is a distributed ledger technology, which really is meant for very quick, very fast transaction. So as we were building it, one of the thought, one of the idea that we had. Uh, was on micropayments. Um, and we really feel that there is a need in the market. Uh, there's an appetite in the market. There is a technology out there that can be finally utilized to build micropayments. We think that the banking rails are out there right now with the instant rails and the distributed ledger technology, which can really help you create a ledger, a very fast ledger, which you need in micropayments, is there. So we decided to build this company called Drop and I'm the chairman of OpenCloud, but now I'm the CEO of Drop, and we've been in this journey for the last couple of years. That's awesome. The thing I got really excited about with this conversation is this is a space that I've thought about a lot. Uh, I have a record label, and in addition to my day job, I have a record label, uh, and there's a lot happening in the music space around royalties and how you how you you know credit musicians and contributors to a piece of music, and the current system doesn't really work to to enable that. Um, also, I think we've all experienced kind of the online content problem of, you know, you want to read an article and you hit a paywall and you're immediately like, I don't want to sign up for a year, you know, subscription to this thing. Like, I just want to read the article and I'd pay to, I'm happy to pay to do that. I just want to pay for that piece of content. So I'm, I'm fascinated to hear more about how you guys are tackling this problem. Um, if we start kind of broad picture, or bigger picture though, you know, pay by bank, it, that those words get used in a lot of different ways. So maybe you you tell me how would you define pay by bank? What what does that mean, and, and how do you think about um, you know that when people ask what it is? Sure, I mean very simplistically, pay by bank is you're paying from your bank account. You're not using a credit card. 
which then hits your bay bank. You're absolutely paying from your bank account directly to the merchant. Uh, and that really is payback bank. Now, we've had checks, we've had ACH, we've had wire transfer in the last, you know, the banking industry has had all those formats, but it, it isn't, and we had traveler checks before the credit card companies came over. But when it comes to the digital space and even shopping, um, someone needs to guarantee that payment, right? Someone needs to guarantee that when I write that check, that check is good. Or when I go to the, go to the internet website, someone needs to guarantee. The credit card companies have done a wonderful job of making sure that you can make that transaction and they guarantee that the person has the money and they make the payment, right? Payback banking is something similar where someone guarantees that or make sure that the money is in the merchant's account before they release the goods. So when we talk about payback banking, it's not writing checks in ACA, that's already done. We really believe that the banking industry has a really good opportunity this time to get back into the game of payments and not just by checks, as I said, or wire transfer. This is you could get back into the game of making payments possible directly through your bank without any intermediaries. Right now, when you when you swipe your card, there are about three or four institutions, maybe sometimes seven, that have to exchange that value. And that's why the cost of a transaction is high. That's why when you mentioned, Scott, about uh, micro-royalty, or you mentioned royalty, sorry, all of those, all of those, when I have to even pay you, uh, that transaction is expensive, right? So it, it's when I say pay by bank, it's you paying directly from your bank, which is sort of not, uh, uh, it, it's not a very popular method right now, but it, we think with instant rails, with distributed ledger technology, you combine all of those things, you can provide a very cheap cost uh, effective alternative to credit cards where you're paying directly to your bank. I, ho I hope that explains. It. Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I think the, the the counter argument, though, would be that all those intermediaries add value in some way, right? So presumably, you know, Visa adds uh, distribution and ubiquity of acceptance. Uh, a processor adds, you know, facilitation of some backend connectivity and functionality, like what, whatever, right? But but they are getting paid a piece of the transaction because they are adding value in some way. How do you how do you view that with in, in contrast to what you're proposing? Absolutely. So there are a couple of things. One is that uh, they all add value because first of all they were necessary. They, they were necessary in the industry because, as I said, someone needs to guarantee that the payment will be made. When you show up to a merchant and say, "I want to buy this thing," someone needs to guarantee that the transaction. Is, so that was the role that they were playing. Now what's happening is that with instant rails, there is a finality. When I make that payment, you have it in your bank account. If you look at FedNow, RTPN, you know, there's a payment rail all over the world, and we can talk about it a little later. So that necessity is a lot less right now. But the other thing that the, um, the credit card rails are offering is reward points, loyalty points, all of those things, which makes it really wonderful to use a card. Right, that's going to be sort of the missing gap in the banking rails, and we believe that the banking industry could add all of those features very easily. Most most consumers are a lot more comfortable using a, a digital wallet from their bank as opposed to from a fintech company or third party. It's, there's a McKinsey report I can share that with you, and I believe that too. That is that's why most of us use a credit card which, which has a bank name in it. So there is some sort of a uh, a loyalty or sort of a dependence on the bank. Now, with 
what these other intermediaries offer is security, guaranteeing the merchant that the payment is made, and also the fact that you can refund and get your money back if something goes wrong. Those are all the gaps in this payback bank that I we talk about. It's going to get filled up in the next couple of years. There's going to be other organizations that would come in and say, if you make a payback bank, I guarantee that payment, right? Uh, my point is, payback bank was not a possibility two, three years back. Now it's a real possibility that you can have two parallel rails, a banking payment rail and a credit card rail. And one of the things I noticed on on the, the drop website was the positioning being that this doesn't replace to the merchant, this doesn't replace your, your card processing or your normal merchant acquiring. It's an additional method for a certain type of transaction. So the, the thought being that there are uh, a class of transactions, for lack of better wording, that, that are a good uh, candidate for, for pay by bank method. And there are those that maybe aren't. Is that is that fair to, to say? Absolutely. Uh, I, thanks, Scott. Absolutely. It is. Let's say you go to a bookstore. There could be a five dollar book or that could be a chronicle that you're buying for a thousand dollars. Right. So uh, I, I call that ten dollar book a micropayment. I would use a bank pay by bank services there. And th there are some financial reasons for that. But I might use a credit card for a thousand dollars, or if I have the money in my bank, I might just use the instant payment rail. It's all about options. So we we really do not believe that it's going to be this or that. It has to be both. In fact, uh, on our website we also talk about there possibly is going to be the third payment rail as digital currencies stabilize and they they, they mature. It's not reached that you would actually have digital tokens and digital currencies, right? So it's all about options. Uh, till now, the only option was credit card. You go to a website, the only digital payment you can make is using a credit card. And it has its limitations. So, yeah, the answer is yeah. yes, there should be more options. Well, I, I'm, I for one, am, uh, I appreciate that positioning because I think so often companies come into the market with a product, especially in the payment space, right? Everybody says thinks they can do better than Visa. And, and I'm always the first skeptic because I'm I, you know, like, there surely there are things that you could do better. Uh, but there's a reason that <laughs> that it's used so much. Right? It works and it's actually highly efficient. So I, I think uh, I think thinking of it as, uh, you know, there are different types of transactions which have different, um, you know, attributes. Right. And different payment methods will be better for some versus another. So, so as a as an ecosystem, we should be enabling as many of those as we can, right? And let the use case determine the best method. Um, so, I, I, th I think the other interesting part of that is clearly that you you guys have a focus on micropayments, at least in and how you think about you know a good place to start. What what is it about micropayments that are such fertile ground for what you guys are doing? Oh, uh, uh, great! Uh, the with micropayments, I, I think. Everything that you've seen, and you mentioned this uh, initially, is everything that you've seen in the digital world has been sold using a subscription method, like music, um, Netflix, uh, movies. I mean, and and I, I really believe that it was nice and cute, you know, when you only had one streaming company and you said, yeah, I'll just go ahead and subscribe. There's like 100 of them right now, just streaming. And depending, if you like yoga, there's a streaming company. If you like meditation, which I do, there's a streaming company, and they're all $17, $18. And, and you would subscribe to three, four of them, and a typical family subscribe to like three, four of them. At some point, you run out of not money, run out of patience because it's just too much, it's frustrating. 
and you don't want to keep paying for that and that's just streaming then you have music then you have everything else and most of these companies most of the consumers would love to just buy one item right use it and they'll buy the next item if they need it just like i say you go to a convenience store you buy a, a can of soda and you walk away you know i, I don't need to subscribe but so you can do that in the physical world you cannot do that on the internet right either it's free with ads on it or subscription and and one of the economical reasons why it's not done is uh, products cannot be sold in a very small granular fashion so if you had to sell something for let's say 50 cents a new york times article for 50 cents i'm going to go ahead and read it it's it's not really feasible it's uh, it's going to cost them about 50 cents 43 cents to sell you that 50 cents thing so there is no economic reasons why they should do it so they everyone has gone to subscription and you have the same uh, amount of population and everyone's going after them for subscription so it's tapped out i mean if you look at it the market is flattened right now in subscription so we really believe that there has to be an alternative method alternative purchase uh, option which i think is paper use i should be able to just buy and if i like it i might subscribe for it i think this is going to help the merchants a lot the digital merchants a lot it's going to help the consumers a lot in fact just yesterday we launched a wordpress plugin that you can download as a publisher as a podcaster you can download it and you can sell your content as low as one cent if you want to sell it for one cent you can sue that there's no ceiling as to what that uh, at, at what level you can stop and we restrict the content and we make sure that only the person who paid for it can buy it right these products were missing like drop is not the only product that are there's going to be lots of other micropayment so so the micropayment need is out there in the market just because the credit cards are expensive the transaction cost or anything under 25 dollars is um, becomes uh, becomes expensive it becomes cost prohibitive and then there's one one last fact uh, i want to just share so that people understand how big is this market about 50 percent of the consumer reported payments in this country in the united states are under 25 dollars and most of them are done using cash or 40 percent of them are not lately have been using a credit card because there is no other option so you walk into a restaurant at least in new jersey here you'll always see even at a hundred dollar bill they say pay us, pay us in cash and you get you can get it for 95 dollars so there is this need and no one is trying to get into that market or no one's trying to solve that problem so i think there is a real need and and we got into it yeah yeah i i love that it's it's interesting because i i feel like the um the digital content that's kind of net new in being monetized is a no-brainer to me, right? Like the 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 CNN article or whatever, right? That you want to read, like completely get it. I'm I'm kind of surprised by the other types of the media, the other types of media though, in that that we had that already, right? Like when when iTunes first came out, you you bought a song for 99 cents, right? And and my I don't I don't like this fact again because coming from the record label side, it actually I, I think music and arts in general have been greatly devalued by by streaming, and and that people don't think of it as carrying the same value for a song or an album or whatever, is they, they they used to because now they can just subscribe and get infinite right. So I I would love the idea of people were paying per each individual song again, but didn't didn't we try that already, right? Like di didn't the models move away from paying per per item to subscription because that's what, that's what consumers wanted? 
So a uh, very good point, and this is up for debate. This is just our opinion, uh, yeah. uh, and, and I'm sure there are industry experts who, who, who might not agree with this. You know, the, the paper use where I can buy just one music or one um, movie, uh, those solutions have been built by providers who can afford to build the entire solution. When I talk about micropayments, I talk about everyone in the digital world. You could be a music streamer or a video streamer with just 10 movies on your website, be able to do that, right? And able to get uh, without actually building the system. So if, if you're a large company like Apple, you can build that system and and kind of uh, discount it by all sorts of things you can do. You know, they have all sorts of things. Starbucks can do that too. But I'm talking about a universal system that can be used by any organizations out there, whether you're small or big. That doesn't exist. So everyone then moved towards subscription because that became sort of the de facto standards. And I'll tell you something about, about and this is a Wall Street Journal article out there, it's not even me, is if you look at newspaper subscription, it's only the first five or six, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, LA Times, they're the only ones that they are making money. The rest of them are not on subscription, right? So, but I do like articles from Financial Times or from somewhere else, and there is no option. I mean, in fact, drop gets written in a Forbes article or in different magazines, and I can't send it to people because they need to subscribe to that. So this is this is a really a deep problem, a much bigger problem. But there's an easy solution. We think a payback bank solutions built by Drop and probably by other organization could very easily solve it. You just have to make it easy for a merchant to use it. So that's why I mentioned that WordPress plugin that we built. It took us a while to build it, where anyone can download and start accepting payments, right? And you can, and so you need to do all of that. It's not just the payments; it's everything that you build around it that makes it uh, that makes that makes adoption easier. Yeah, I, I completely buy that, and I, I think you nailed it, right? I, um, the the challenge to to play out my own kind of example, right, was as the as the label or as the artist putting the music out there, iTunes might have charged ninety nine cents, but I only got like twenty cents of it, right? The the rest consumed by the Apple and everybody in between. I would love to be able to put the music online directly, accept payment directly, and I could price it in a way that that does make it, you know, where people would pay for it. So I, I think you're spot on in that the the probably uh, pre-existing art, right? The pre-existing examples where those ecosystems have been created, the, the pricing built into them is driven by large organization, media organizations that are able to build at scale, but it doesn't really democratize it down to the individual or the small company or the entrepreneur, right? That, that can, has content to offer. There's one point I wanted to make uh, just on the, on the music artist, but it, it really carries for, to almost every other creator is don't think about micropayment as you paying the merchant. It's also the merchant paying you a credit. So in the, in, in the case of you putting your music on a music site, where I go go out there and buy it, and you deserve the royalty for it. Typically, that royalty kicks in uh, maybe 90 days later. With systems like the, the system that we built in Drop with micropayments, that transaction happens right away, meaning it's not only about micropayment, it's also about microcredit. So when I make that 50 cent payment to a merchant X, that five cents that you deserve, you could get in your wallet right away. So it's 
it's all about transferring the value in the cheapest format you can. If I have to pay you 50 cents to transfer five cents. Uh, so think about micro credits and micro payments. And when you open that up, we think there is a lot more use cases that we haven't even comprehended yet. It, they're going to come out, right? Like micro royalty is a big one for me. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, I had no idea that this conversation was going to end up being about royalties and music, and I couldn't be more thrilled that it went there. Um, but unfortunately, Sushil, that, that's our time for today. So thank you very much for the insight and the conversation. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find out more about Drop and what you guys are doing? Sure, absolutely. Our website is uh, drop, D-R-O, two P's, drop, D-R-O-P-P, dot C-C. And um, you can always uh, send us an email at info at drop.cc and we'd love to talk. And we are really open to feedback. This is a, absolutely a new sector. It's a new era. And we, we really think there is something big out there. So we would love your feedback. Okay, awesome. thank you. Well, I couldn't agree more. And I'm super excited to see what you guys do with this space. So thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review so we know what you like, what you don't like, and how we can do better in the future. Thank everybody for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Hey, Payments listeners, it's Nick Williams, the producer of the Payments Hub podcast, alongside the phenomenal production crew of Nate Deacon and Chris Webster. This episode may be over, but check out the episode notes for links to the resources mentioned in our podcast. And thank you so much for listening today.